0: Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Monkey Business Show. Johan and Birion Flarks. What's up, buddies? How are you guys doing?
1: Hello. Hello, hello. Doing good. I just finished recording a podcast as really? well. Really, which so one? It's got plenty of plenty of topics on my mind. Just it's one I do. I do um the Triforce podcast with a couple of mates of mine, and uh, we do that every week. I've been doing it for like five. Oh, years what is that podcast about? Nothing.
0: Nothing. nothing. Good one. We, Welcome
1: yeah, to another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's my kind of podcast. I I'm not an expert in anything, so if I can just talk, that's perfect. Yeah.
2: I'm trying to decipher what's going on in in your background. This is <laughs> this
1: is the the office, and I just stuck all my comics and games and books and all the rest of it, and uh, my nice, my Ti nice. stuff like the the jerseys and my passes and stuff my kids have made Shitty and wizard. stuff fans have made. Yeah, I've got that's on my microphone. Oh, the, there you the go. Wizard. Ah shit! <laughs> I was sure it was in the back. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all stuff like that. Did somebody crochet this? This is from the Triforce podcast. That's okay. me on the podcast. We animate it. So we're like talking triangles. And that's somebody crocheted that for me, which was very nice.
0: And a big sign so, of no? no. It a it's
1: cross stitch. It's Yeah, that's my general answer when I'm streaming. If someone asks a question, I just point to that. Because okay. it's almost always no, you know.
0: So no. Is this your yeah. like setup at home or were you in England or, I mean, I'm taking a guess. No,
1: no, yeah, I'm, th- I'm, in, I'm in London, um, that's, uh, this, is, uh, this used to be the, the baby room okay. and now the kids have moved downstairs. So this has been my office for the last few years. Uh, it's very small and I keep all my crap in here, which is why it's a mess because the rest of the house is not a mess. So I, I, I'm allowed <laughs> to keep all my stuff in here. That's it. That's awesome,
0: <laughs> you, you have kids? How yeah. many kids do you have?
1: Two kids.
2: That's great. How old are they, if yeah, I may ask. My
1: eldest is 13 and 10. Oh, dude. So they're, they're grown up almost.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's, that's, that's a lot of time a already. Dangerous age. <laughs> It's oh. it's
1: tough. I'm gonna to have two teenage girls in a couple of years' time, so it's uh, oh. it's rough. It's rough. Oh. They're they're are wow. a lot of work, but they're great. They are great. They love games. Okay. Uh, sadly, not neither of them plays Dota, but uh, but they do love games.
0: I think that's good parenting, so, yeah, you know. When you have when you're a, a dad and you know <laughs> yeah. neither of your kids play Dota, <laughs> you know you've done something right. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah.
1: They're like, Dad, we want to play Dota. I'm no. like, mm,
2: No, you, you don't. So what kind of what kind of games do they get into as kids? Minecraft. Curious, because I play. I mean, them. Minecraft. Okay. Dude, okay.
1: Like, that's the big one i, I was oh, okay. i was saying to a friend of mine um i mean i know that obviously we're, we're kind of biased that we think dota is probably the, the best game we've ever played but um i think in terms of its reach and appeal i think i genuinely think it's hard to look past minecraft as being probably the greatest game ever made do you think how many people have played it grown up with it got into gaming because of it runs on any platform i just think it's an it's an amazing achievement and uh i mean it young kids now still play minecraft it looks the same it plays the same has done since it came out it's pretty impressive
2: dude i actually never played minecraft maybe minecraft this is what year is wrong no me neither me neither yeah what year was it did it come out god it, early 2000s
1: it? i want to say i'll no look idea. it up minecraft
2: really because it skipped all my like i never heard of it till i was some 16 maybe or something
1: really
0: i dude, think I so. i didn't hear about it until a few years ago that's how you <laughs>
1: you're kidding
2: me no no, dude i promise no 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 that's nobody in my circles growing up what about you ted like did what, what, what did you grow up with
1: oh jeez, dude I mean, after we find out
2: this minecraft <laughs> mystery i'm really curious now i need to, I need right, to know so well.
1: minecraft came out in uh it says 2011 11 yeah
2: it's 2011 Yeah, yeah that makes more sense
1: yeah okay but it i mean says honestly 2009
2: for the last says release date for me
1: Maybe that was the original version. Okay, okay. Of it. I mean I so many kids grew up playing that game. Uh, people that I know were are now adults and also people who are now kids all played Minecraft when they were younger. When I was a kid, I had a computer called the Atari 2600 VCS. If you look that up, it that had one. wooden paneling on it. It was <laughs> it was garbage. Um and the game the graphics I think the resolution was like twenty by twenty or something ridiculous like that. Like it was bad. Um, just a pixel yeah it was like really bad and then i got a commodore 64 which was the uh start of the golden age of home computing and i played a lot of games on that and then uh, that
2: was just a pure video game pc right
1: no no it was for programming my dad got it for me the i wanted an amiga commodore amiga any amiga fans out there that was probably the best home computer i ever saw before the pc became a big thing and it was, like, amazing for games, amazing for graphics and sound. It was all discs, big clunky discs, you know, all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I had a Super Nintendo. That was great. I loved my Super Nintendo. Uh, I had a Game Boy. That was amazing. Everybody loved the Game Boy. So, yeah, it was I it was, like, classic Dude, era I didn't retro know how
0: old you were. Gaming was what I grew up in.
1: <laughs> How yeah. old are you? Sorry. You wouldn't have invited me on the podcast. I'm 46. So uh, fucking old, yeah. I
0: feel old with I've all been, these people. I've, you
1: know, I've been around in... I know, I've been around in gaming since like the 70s, dude, dude, that was when I started I playing I have so games.
0: many questions, so how are dinosaurs? You met them? Nice.
1: Very <laughs> funny, yeah, because yeah. I'm old and dinosaurs are old. No, I get it. Yeah, that's good.
0: <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. You're literally yeah. the oldest person yeah, in the that's America, cool, that's cool. Um, by, by a huge margin.
1: Oh, yeah, well, that's pretty typical. There aren't many old people involved in esports. So, in what is way. your
0: story? How do you end up in I'm- Dota, dude?
1: So I played. um, I've always played games. Okay. um, But uh, I got into World of Warcraft back in the day. That's my job. And I played that. Yeah, I was. I loved it when I played it. at Release when it came out. Like I played it for like five years, like everybody else. And then Burning Crusade came out, and I was like, (laughs) "This sucks." And I stopped playing when Burning Crusade came out (laughs) because it's the same story for me. Is I worked so hard in vanilla WoW. And then you went through the portal into the new bit and I killed a boar and it dropped a chest piece that was better than the one I'd been grinding in Molten Core for. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? They're just going to keep adding more levels and it's just going to be the same thing. So what's the point? So I stopped.
0: Mm, I did and play... And then I, I
1: played... I killed
0: Setun. I killed Setun. I did Ankirak and then I, that's when I finished. That's when I stopped. After I killed Setun.
1: It's just a time sink. I mean, it, you know, I don't know why I thought it had to be something more than that every game is essentially a time sink unless you can be a professional player but it's like just a way to burn time and have fun and hopefully with some friends so really wow has done a, a great job at that i think i love wow i wow got a lot of pleasure special. out of it anyway. so special yeah but but then i wanted something hardcore okay so i i went and played eve online for like 3 eve. or 4 years oh shit yeah. how was that oh, i only
2: heard of people play that but that's... i never really got the gist of it
1: so you know the way that we were saying you shouldn't encourage people to play dota yeah. With EVE, it's the same
2: thing. Do not well, but, play well, Compare it to a game. Like, what's it very similar to?
1: Have you ever used Excel spreadsheets?
2: <laughs> yes,
1: like I play X-Wars. Remember okay. X-Wars? Okay. you ever played it? Yeah. Holy no, shit. I didn't. So, so I have like a it's, whole it's, Excel. it's like that. It's incredibly complicated. And this is when I used to play it in the sort of mid 2000s, late 2000s. Um, it was extremely hardcore. It's a space game. You have yeah. your ship, you get on it, you pilot your ship around, you fight other ships, but most of the time you're doing nothing. You're struggling to get into a fight. If it's a big fight, it's really the frame rate was terrible. We played it for hours. I, I would play it for like 10 hours at a time. I don't know how I did it, but I thought, wow, this is the best game ever. Um, And then I quit because everybody burns out on EVE at some point. And my mates, some of the guys I would played uh, EVE with, were like, you should try this game Dota 2. It's just come out. I was like, they were like, I can get you a beta key. And I was like, I don't know, because I played league. I played like two games a league and it wasn't for me. I was like, This sucks. So I was like, I kept putting them off. I was like, nah, I don't wanna play another MOBA. And they were like, No, nah, no, play it, play it, play it. I played it in my first game, I played Shadow Shaman. I went one and thirty and I was hooked. I was like, Oh my god, I, ah! this is so good like even though I just got absolutely stomped, I could not get oh, that's of it. that's
2: funny. My first Dota game was also Dota Two game. Was also Shadow Shaman. I also had like an experience <laughs> like
1: this. <laughs> I just got walloped, and I was, I was like, you know what? I really enjoyed that. That was good, man. So I, I wanted to know more, and I could see there was so much to it. And even on the, you know, when you're on the hero selection screen, even back then, there were a lot of heroes. I was like, wow, what do they all do? I haven't played this guy. I haven't played that guy because I never played Dota One. So I had no idea. I was going in blind. And back in those days. Um, If you were playing Dota in the beta and you were new, people would be like, report this guy, get him out of the beta, he's ruining the game. Oh, he shouldn't be in here, take his key away. Like that that was what they were reporting you for. Not for griefing, but for ruining the beta of Dota 2. Like the game is going to fall apart if we let this idiot in, get him out. That was the way it used to be.
0: Well, it's okay, Piriorn, because we clearly move fast this, you know, now Dota is a healthy place, nothing. (laughs) Nobody plays
1: anybody in there anymore. Yeah, luckily, we brought in all these new people and they're all really lovely and uh, good effort. That's generally good. Well tried. We'll get them next time. (laughs) That's the sort of thing people say, right? But yeah, so then I was hooked and then I started um, playing it like every day. Um, I was playing on a laptop on my sofa with my mouse resting on a book next to me because I didn't have a desktop PC and it was like really hard to play. But then when I moved to desktop, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I got a bigger monitor. I was like, oh, I can actually see what's happening. This is crazy. And then I started making guides, those stupid guides, the, the MS Paint videos that I used to make, where I'd approach it as a new player and just make fun of the game because I loved it, but it is very funny. Like, no one was really doing funny content about about dota they were all taking it very seriously how to lane as this hero or how to play this hero, and i just thought this game is hilarious everybody's so angry all the time how can you not have fun no. with that so i just did that for like a couple of years and then uh i think it, it sort of blew up pretty quickly and i started of started getting invited to things and uh valve got in touch when i did the announcer pack um and then i started streaming and going i've been to every ti since ti3 so it's been a whole career for me out of nothing. It was, uh, just pure luck, absolute luck. Right time, right place at the start of the games, upward trend and uh, yeah, it was just, just very fortunate.
0: Dude, that's awesome. It's awesome. Like, what Did you study anything in, in university or anything? I studied
1: a... computing, yeah. Okay. I, I worked as a, pro- I was a programmer for five years and then I, I hated it. So I quit and then I worked in TV for a little while. I- um, In front,
0: the camera or behind the camera?
1: Behind, behind. behind um i was uh i worked on a psychic tv show mm. um, no way yeah no way wait,
2: wait, wait. go on please tell me more
1: so it was a show called psychic private eyes psychic and they were meant to be detectives <laughs> who would solve cold cases using their psychic abilities this is not a drama these guys thought it was real like these people claimed to be psychics
2: wait, wait. No, no 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 you actually filmed one of these shows where it was yeah. people okay so, so did you Yeah, please tell me about it. Like, please tell me about these people and if (laughs) if you actually believe that anything happened.
1: So there were three main psychics, all right? Uh, Colin, Tony, and... Is it Sharon, I think? It was like three of the most basic British names you could imagine. They were all like, yes, we've got psychic abilities, Uh, you know, oh, I'm getting So some... not paid
2: actors. These people were for real. They
1: believed it. But they knew. Okay. I mean, they're basically- This is my problem with psychics. I mean, they know themselves. Work... They know themselves. They, they know it's Correct, bullshit, yeah. right? They know it's bullshit. Of course they do. But they, <laughs> they, they use a technique called cold reading where you mm-hmm. can sit down with someone you would never met before ask some very simple questions and just by taking note of the way they react the things they're wearing what their name is where they say they're from and some research that you've done off camera you can pretend to call this information out all oh, the spirits are telling me that your father was killed on the titanic oh my god yes that's true like it's stuff like that so these people would write in and say oh i'm having this uh, you know tell me something about the spirit world we lost my great-grandfather uh, he died in the titanic can you tell us about it and it's crazy and you film it <laughs> I know we, you film it with a camera like two two three cameras you go into this person's living room and the psychic sits there and the person sits there and they chat for like two hours while the guys the psychic is trying to cold read this person and get the information out of them make it look natural it takes like two hours and then you cut that down to one minute and it looks like this guy's an amazing psychic genius who just sits down and goes your great-grandfather died in the Titanic, didn't he? And they go, oh my God, you know, it's like, so it's like that.
0: I actually read a lot about this and it's fascinating because obviously there's a few, let's say, elements, you know, like if I get, make guesses of people. Yeah. Oh, do you there's somebody in your life that passed and you were very close to him. No yeah. shit, every single one of us has yeah. that thing, you know? Exactly. And uh, there is a big change that just happened in your life. No shit, every single one. Yeah. And they start saying those things and as you yeah. react, that's how they hooked you. They just need like an entry, you know?
1: A 100%. big change. And it's a big change.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I can see how it's like, oh my God, it's gonna change everything for you. And I mean, if you close your eyes, I I can see it. And like how it opens up to another new life. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've been scared about the change. No shit. Everyone. Yeah. And it's so good. <laughs> and it's so accurate. And this I like actually yeah. have like books, because these cold reading techniques are also used in business and for other things, you know, to establish conversation, to create synergies. Yeah. So it's like a common like,
1: ground. You yeah. almost establish a common ground by saying something, like you said, that everybody's going to say, yes, you know, I'm getting the impression that, especially if someone's like my age or like in their 40s, in their 50s, they probably lost uh, a close relative because your relatives are getting older. Your old relatives are seriously yeah. getting older. It's a decent chance that you've lost someone. So You can say, I'm feeling like you've lost someone. I'm get, I'm hearing a woman's voice and they'll be like, and you'll be like, And they're directing me towards a man. And you're like, yeah. It's like, so they get away with it. Like they'll, they'll just suddenly change. No, 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 the woman is not right. No, it's a man's voice. And so it's like, you've flipped a coin in your mind. It's either gonna be their dad or their mom that's passed. That's how these psychics work. And they'll take a gamble. And if they get it right first time, they look like geniuses. And if they get it wrong, they just pretend that one spirit was telling them something else. No, you, you're the wrong spirit. We need this spirit. It's hard to navigate right. this spirit And people spirit fall for this course. shit, dude. Yeah, you, you get lost in the spirit realm. But
2: I had an idea for a show. Like if you, if you did like the ghost hunters right. and you, you put them together with like the, you know, the psychic detectives and you, you eventually <laughs> had to have one of them called bullshit on the other guy. Like right. I wanted to get there. I want them to kind of do that thing and it would be like so ironic. It would be... Yeah, yeah, no, but it's just unbelievable.
0: That sounds funny, man. Yeah. I can't believe you. I, I did that I, for a
1: year. Yeah,
0: a one year, day. dude. So that's where yeah. you, that's where you learn how to do all these things. All the that's talking. how
1: I'm a uh, yeah. That's how I learned to to read the mind. But I did. <laughs> I did poker as well. I did poker television for a good like few years. Um, because I, I play a lot of poker. But like as before, I played Dota. I, I used to play a lot of poker. Um, and that's quite controversial on Twitch at the moment. They're having all this stuff about gambling and all the rest of it. Um, but I, I don't know. I I kind of feel like poker is more of a game of skill than just pure gambling. Obviously, it's got gambling into it, but there's a lot of skill in, in poker. You, you know, th- there are people that make their living out of playing it. Top top players consistently. Uh, but it is still, you know, obviously but there is an element. I don't of gambling think that
0: Twitch uh, tweet, uh, was trying to target. Uh, poker specifically. They were trying no, but to I was this, hoping the they wouldn't. Was,
1: yeah, I was like, please don't target poker. Because once it starts on one thing, it could easily be another as well. You know what I mean? That, that's my concern. I, I, I think poker is still has enough of a skill gap to call it a game of skill that involves gambling rather than pure gambling. Like you said, we just pull a lever or spin a wheel and, and you know, where. Yeah, the Yeah, I think it's
0: that. just for me, like, I don't know if you saw, Johan, but there is these these guys that were, like, streaming, the literally, like slot machines at this point
2: and no 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 i've seen it i i feel like it's it's such a weird i mean i agree i don't think these things should be on a streaming platform for kids fucking you know, i mean it's obvious right like you have mostly I mean, uh minors and and a huge huge amount of minecraft players and 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 kids who are coming from a completely different place yeah and then what they're met with on twitch is i i don't know i feel like it often carries this persona with like the soft purple colors and like the friendly emojis of like, you know, welcome, we're welcome to kids as well. And then you click, you know, certain categories and all of a sudden you were in a very strange place. I I I, I can't believe that, you know, it's been going on for so long and I I find it very strange. I also think it's, I mean, we are in a world where competition is kind of the way to also push things forward. I also feel like, Nobody has grabbed the ball yet and 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 given a nice alternative um, yeah, I don't know I do feel like I do feel like it's it's they do need to get a handle on a lot of things. you know I don't agree with the slot machines, I don't agree with like the way that things get presented i yeah, and I definitely don't agree with how much it's catered like twitch it has been catered to kids with fortnite and and all these other things being part of it too you know um it has to be separate, different websites, different. Entries altogether,
0: But no, look, I actually, I'm having dinner tomorrow with with Kevin from from Twitch. I think he's the founder of Twitch. So yeah, I mean, uh, for me, Johan, you're completely right. We have to create different entries into this platform because one main door called twitch.com is just not enough to the adult content that we have uh, and the gambling content that we have. And then the super kid-friendly content that we have is just really one click away. And you can end up in the wrong door by mistake at this point, you know?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't even know, like, if I, I, you, like you said, you just need different entry points (laughs) for sure, at the very least. So, how would
1: you, let's say that, um, the Twitch had this where they had like Twitch after dark or whatever you want to call it, which Mm -hmm. is like more adult themed. How do you police that? How do you make sure that the people going in there mean to be there?
2: Okay. Um, I mean, don't call it Twitch. Call it something completely different. Run it, like, separately. Uh, I mean, now we get to the point. I remember when um, when there was a big fuss about OnlyFans shutting off its content, <laughs> like, shutting off the adult content, because it was never intended for this, I think. I, yeah. I think the, start of the <laughs> company was actually meant for something else, and it right. took off. They said, oh, okay, no more, you know, maybe something, something people didn't, like, investors, or what do I know, I had a problem with things. Obviously, they backed out of it. But I feel like they could have just... Left OnlyFans as the adult whatever content website name that everybody knew it for, and just relaunch whatever side project that really? or initial project that they wanted, which is a different name, like and make it like so it's never gonna go that route ever. Um, so it, and you can have two hmm. different it's two different platforms. I think maybe there's demand enough for both. I don't know.
0: They have this problem with with Patreon. I didn't know that OnlyFans was like that. I know Patreon was not supposed to be for people showing uh, explicit nudity. And then it became about that, I didn't know that OnlyFans had the same problem.
2: I I think OnlyFans was meant for like people who had a following or famous people and people could approach them and pay for like make a video like cameo like almost right but uh i guess so yeah. i don't know that's that's what i read but I, i'm not sure I, Maybe I, might, I might be wrong. like
0: for example og we have a hard time uh, directly monetizing our fan base you know so if you have an only fans and we can directly make content for them and directly make exclusive things and exclusive rewards
1: this is a, this is a change of pace for og if you guys are going to start doing an only fans
0: i'm gonna do an only once and it's just gonna be me
1: Only
0: my content unfortunately my body doesn't look very good so
2: I'm a Juan
0: too. I can get in there. You, you're
2: only Juan. Juan's. Only, only Juans. Only Juans. <laughs> only Juans, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, business, business idea. I'll develop it right now for new business.
1: Yeah, get on yeah, it. Yeah.
0: Get on it, yeah. I have to say, I, so I'm, I'm right now in Thailand. I got here a few days ago Um, when I later joined really? the boys. Yeah, I'm in Thailand right now. Oh, shit. Yeah, I have a, a few friends that were moving here, and I rented a, a service apartment, which is like an apartment that they... It's like a hotel and yeah. I've been, I'm gonna be here for a month. And I think it's, well, first, it's the first holiday that I have since I was 21. This is the first holidays outside of my house since I'm 21. And what I'm 37, working my ass off.
1: Yeah, but you can take a break, dude, come on.
0: No, no, I mean, I take one or two days off, but it's always like local. Or if I'm going, let's say, to see my parents, you know, but I'm working and then I take two days today. This is the first time that I get on a plane and I go to a place where I'm on holidays.
1: If so, you don't mind me asking, he's yeah. single. But you're here, you're here, bro. Are you, what are you talking about? That was that was a failed attempt. Are no, you I single mean, or are you married? I'm single. Okay, so I think if you if you are in a relationship, it's much easier to take holidays. You know what I mean? Because then you're going with your your partner, your or your spouse or whatever. But, I but believe, if you're a single guy, I mean, dude, I, I, live- don't, I don't think I'd take holidays if I was single. I but Tyrion,
0: I live with four girls in my life. I had like three years, three years, four years, and three years. And I you know, never
1: took holiday with them. Yeah. That's the problem, dude. you got to take a holiday. Come on. I, Women love that. I
0: know, it's just, <laughs> I'm It's you. not been that easy. And look, Sorry, even, baby, you know, i got
1: to work again.
0: Even now, like I've been uh, on holidays for four days. Uh, today is a full day work. And tomorrow, now, now I'm back.
1: But the okay. whole point
0: that I was trying to make is that I actually for the first time I had a little bit of time to think about some like those existential topics that maybe I never thought about it. And I came with a few, <laughs> maybe not very optimistic conclusions. Okay. So these are my conclusions. Number one, Social media sucks.
1: Yeah, i am on board with that.
0: I think that it's really changing and reprogramming how we think about the world, how we think about ourselves and how we think about interactions that we have with people. And for the first time in years, I've not been in social media. I have not been on my phone and I have seen it's like a desolated land in my mind. And suddenly a flower is starting to bloom because I was not there because it's been desolated for so many years and I got so used to it that, I don't know, the first thing. Second thing, I <sighs> I need to explore more of the world because I lived in Europe, I lived in LA and I feel that my brain has already gone to autopilot. And here things smell different, feel different, taste different, look different. And I feel my eyes and my mind constantly, constantly stimulated. Oh, look at this. Mm, look at this fruit. Like, what is this? You know? And it's been, it's been like, like a, like in a way, like a, I feel younger during the last week that I failed in other places because I'm not an autopilot. And the, the big discovery has been also like, I feel that the world is really programming all of us to be the same. We're all good little bots, good little NPCs. And I, I feel the programming when I'm in Europe, you know, especially. I feel it. They programmed us in school to be this good little citizen. They program us in university to be these good little citizens. And then I come to another culture, like it's Thailand which they have a completely different programming than us. And it's awesome. Cause it's like so interesting how they see family, how they see school, how like in many ways they're actually happier than we are in Europe. They learn how to be happy. In Europe, all the time I was told you have to study or if you don't study, you know, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to have a job and you're not going to survive. It was like a, in a way, a very punishing system, you know, punishing, punishing, punishing. Everybody's happy here and they have less money than all of us. So no. that's my, my two senses.
1: Interesting.
2: Yeah. That's a different, that's a different topic. Yeah. life. Sorry. It's just, what should we spend our time doing? Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's good. It's, uh, we'll probably just be able to talk about this for, for, forever. I mean, I think you're, I think you're right though. I think most part of the Western world has gotten the routine of, uh, I don't know where it comes from, you know, like there's the Christian way of thinking. There's like religion also that plays a big part, I think, in how people are supposed to believe in the same things, be the same way. Like you say, indoctrination and you go to school to become this, that, or the other. There's usually not a branch in between or a new whatever, uh, pass are carved out for you and and you're told to walk him, you know? And I mean, not every country and not everywhere, I think it's as fixed as that. There's like, of course, people are different still, even though people are, uh, even though you put people in the same box, I, I don't think they come out the same still, but you, you don't get as much variation as you probably could, or like the potential out of each individual as much as you maybe could.
0: I mean, we have three yeah, generations. School, school
2: was a strange place for me too. We have
0: about three think, generations um, here, so period. You have like yeah. you're forty seven, 47, 49, sorry,
1: forty six. Forty six. Going up. That's fine so, if you just want to keep up. Forty six.
0: I'm thirty seven, and Johan is
1: 29? Yeah, I'm
0: twenty eight. Next month uh, I'll be twenty nine. Sorry, period, I I, I uh, no
1: no. So uh, let me think. Um, I I think you're you you're onto something in that that we do all tend to sort of uh in the West. I mean, I obviously can't speak for uh. For everyone but it does seem like a lot of people are told in school you know you have to do this and you have to do that and certainly when i was younger that was definitely the case um the idea i think was a good one which is we don't want you to leave education being unhirable we want to give you the best chance mm-hmm. that we can uh that was certainly what my parents uh, idea was anyway And my dad was a big influence on me um in terms of going into programming because he wanted me to have a job that paid the bills and he didn't want me to be um to, to grow up poor. Um unfortunately we we did because my parents got divorced when I was eight and me and my mum and my sister moved to the UK from the States and it was sort of I was born in the UK, but we we moved to New York. I lived there till I was about eight years old. Then we moved back to the UK and uh we were poor. We were poor. We, we were broke by by sort of British standards, I'd say. Um And the idea that my dad had was that in order to help me not be poor anymore, I should get a vocational job, Uh, an education, I should say, that will give me a chance of getting a job. If you just say to kids, go be whatever you want to be, that's a very positive message. But how many of them are then going to get a job at the uh, end of it? That's the parent's fear, is you don't want your kids to be like, mom, dad, I have no money, I can never leave home, which is another problem that you have when you're an adult with kids, you think, shit, they better get jobs because I wouldn't mind if they moved out at some point. You know, that's, that's one thing. So you, you kind of set your kids up to have the best chance of having a, a decent life. And in, that comes with money in the West. Things are expensive. You live in the UK, you live in America, you live in a lot of places in Europe. It's expensive to buy a house to live and all the rest of it. So if you just say to people, follow your dreams, then what if all of their dreams are not gonna make any money. And a lot of people have no skills and no chance of getting a job. So I think it's easy to say that the people in Thailand or whatever are much happier because they don't have as much money and they don't have this programming and all the rest of it. But essentially that's the society that we've built. And if your parents and your teachers are trying to prepare you for it, you can't really blame them, I think.
2: But now you're, so you're striving for survival more or less, right? With that mindset? Yeah, That's what it's all about? Get enough not money even to pay the bills, content or happiness—it's more or less just survival. Yeah. Like, if not, you're 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 just fucked. Like if you don't get there. Yeah. I don't think that's how the world looks like. That's that's again me. And now we get back into like philosophy. I guess like when you look at money, when you look at jobs, take all those things aside. If you have food, housing, people around, and I mean that as like a group and 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 a generally like a functioning group, right? And that comes with you know enough houses and enough food. I guess when you start having that as just a baseline. I think you will find your place. You know, if anything, you might just have to regress into, you know, building houses, having food or taking care of things day to day. And then you go back into branching out. I think that is a nicer world than having all the things that we have. And then you need to fucking become this so that we can keep it going or else, you know, you're going to be left behind. I think it's very backwards. It's like, why are, then, why, why are we here then? You know, is it so that we can all be running this crazy machine? Right. So that you need to become this or that so that I can keep having this or that. So, cause now you're, you're taking this above striving for happiness, living your dream, chasing your dreams, you know? Um, and, I'm okay with living in a world where dreams can be very hard to achieve. Like I dream of flying. Well, in today's world, it's not so hard, you know, but back in the day, maybe it was harder and yeah, it's technological advancements and all those things. But what I'm saying is I wouldn't want this at the cost of having generations, you know, feeling like they need to The world world is scary and they need to become something or do something that they don't want. I don't think that's worth it. You know, then that's, let's just check it slow, regress a bit and and we'll figure it out that way, you know? I don't know. I. But th- I mean, I mean I'm just like saying, this.
1: like, I don't think that your parents and your teachers are the ones who are going to be able to affect that change, really. That's a societal change. That's like changing the whole system of the economy, having to get a job to pay the bills. I mean, now with the cost of living crisis that we're having here in the UK, energy bills are insane. How are people meant to pay for it by, you know? So. Well, when they well, drink, maybe we, we just hard. failed
2: you know I, for me i would look at it as failure in enabling the next generation if, if and same for me like i was not able to get there enough that i could just take care of myself i'm just thinking our ancestors must have taken care of this care of themselves too made societies smaller societies i don't know i feel like there has to be a way and if i'm not smart enough to see it i have to try and make the next one smart enough to see it you know a way to get back into a good uh, system or make the system better make life better make this planet better a uh, better place for us to all be and 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 to digest things i guess cuz that's also why i feel like we don't really get to digest what's happening uh, cuz yeah we're just thrown one day into the next and and it's again like the path has been carved so often we don't let young people carve out the path themselves. And I also feel that's a fallacy because we're supposed, like if you don't believe in your kid, that means you failed. That means you didn't, be, you shouldn't believe in yourself in a way, you know? And if you truly believe in yourself, you should believe in your, your kid more than yourself because you know where you, you got here through help, right? Like At least I think everybody who's smart believes that they became smart also because of people and things around them, you know? It's not just they were born this way. It's experience and it's Of course, yeah, yeah. Things. So... Yeah, yeah. Again, like I think it's about believing the next generation, enabling it, giving it power. Like truly, also making it like a nicer place for them. Give them everything. Uh, that should be as the mindset. I hoped also growing up with. You know, I hope the world was going to be like this, and it is for the most part. I think that. You know, and again, now we get into deeper things: is human good? Is is it all love? Blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I think it's very rushed. I think the Western world has gotten uh, very used to.
0: And and by the way, running I, around I wanna be clear, I, I don't say that people in Thailand don't have programming. It's just the programming is different than mine. Therefore I don't feel the push of my programming that is daily. Because I feel it every day when I'm in Europe, when I'm in NA. I feel right. it pressuring you all the time. And, but
1: so so here's the thing, when yeah. when I started doing programming and I was pushed into that, this was I I, I didn't really get get to my my, my point. I, I hated it. And I broke away from it and ended up doing something that I love doing. But I was very lucky to be able to do that because my wife has a good career. And essentially, her career was able to pay for me while I was looking after the kids. I was a stay-at-home dad for three years making no money and was able to do that because she has a good job. But most people aren't going to be that lucky. And I think encouraging people to follow their dreams is absolutely a positive thing. And I would never, if my kid said, I wanted to do this, I would say, I will help you in any way I can. That's what most parents would say, I think. But they also need to have money to live because of the society that we have built doesn't give you handouts very easily. And if you can't pay your own way and make your own way, I just think a lot of dreams die in that way because people just give up.
0: I think but um, this is when I get a very... It's more
1: important that we create a framework, like Johan says, where... You can follow your dreams. And if they work out, then that's great. And if they don't, maybe you could get a job at the supermarket.
0: But I think this is when it gets really philosophical. Because if we created a society that this is the only alternative, I think we failed. Again, maybe, Well, I don't then know we much... failed. I think we failed. We
1: failed. <laughs> and we should pack it all up and just get rid of social media, get rid of the internet, get rid of not computer games. I want to keep computer games. And we'll need the internet because I play a lot of games online. Uh, what else can we keep? Uh, that'll do.
0: Uh, obviously, you uh, we established a few times already during the podcast. I'm you, old, yes. You're old. Is that what you
1: were going to say? Yeah, I'm going to
0: say you you have a different kind of experience background, and let's say 10 years yeah. on me, which means 20 years on Johan. Yeah, yeah. How do you see this? Because you you are a, in a way core part of this new or, world order, you know, of games, but you have a very different life
1: experience. I, I, so I'm, I'm not a I'm not a core part of it at all. Oh, um, no, you think I, so? I, I, no, I'm like a tiny speck in it. Okay. Um, I, I'm just very fortunate to be involved. That's how I see it. I think of myself as being very lucky that I've had the opportunities I've had, that out of nothing I had a career, um, and hopefully still do have one after this podcast. Uh, <laughs> come, come, you from, us, come <laughs> from this. gonna be you the last know. thing. Uh, <laughs> where I sort of, you know, I mean I you know I'm going to events and I've I've made a whole ridiculous slew of of friends that I never would have met otherwise. And whenever I go to an event, um, and Johan will know what I mean, you go there and you see people that you only see at events. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you like, it's great to see them and you give a big hug and you hang out and you, you get some food and you go for some drinks and you watch the games or whatever, or you work together and you, you communicate online. That's one of the things <laughs> that I think social media is a very positive force for, is staying in touch with people. Um, which is when I was younger, if you didn't have someone's phone number, you had to write them a letter, you know, now you can just <laughs> DM someone, right? Which is great. You can chat to people and you could just, hey, you got time for a quick chat on Discord? Yeah, no problem. You're chatting away. You can do Zoom calls and everything. I, I think there's been a lot of positive stuff that's come out of, of the internet. And to focus on the negative is really bad. I feel a lot more mm-hmm. connected to my friends. Um, I've organized a community around gaming on my, on my Discord server. And without social media and all the rest of it, that wouldn't have happened. Without it, I probably wouldn't have had a career. Um, I think a lot of storylines out there are very positive. So for me, going from being a stay-at-home dad, watching Star Trek and Frasier and Seinfeld on TV, playing football manager on my laptop and minding the kids to suddenly traveling all over the world um, to events and having people ask for my autograph and my picture and stuff like that, it was bizarre, absolutely bizarre. So the, the change from how gaming was viewed when I was a kid to now, I, I've been there for the, the whole thing and I never thought I'd be working in it. It was a dream to work in gaming in any way. Um, I'd still love to make a game. That's my ultimate goal is mm. I have an ideas for games I'd love to make, to make something and see if people like it. See if I have an understanding of what makes a game good. I know what I enjoy, but there's a big difference. You you know what movies you like, but you couldn't sit down and write a movie. So it's a, a bad, it's a bad really... example
0: because I made movies for a living.
1: Okay, I wasn't <laughs> saying you, I okay. was saying most people, you know. Like, you know, just because I enjoyed the Avengers doesn't mean I could be, I'm going to make an Avengers movie too. Like, it doesn't really work that way. So designing a game is very different from playing them. I'd like that challenge. I want to see what that's like to have to design it, anticipate what the players are going to do, try and get the feedback and make it fun and all the rest of it. It wouldn't be any big thing, but um, I think it would be fun to do. But anyway, when I first started off, gaming was seen as a complete waste of time. By all adults, it was a complete waste of time. Well, do we-, we we had no. There's no upside to playing games all the time. If uh, if you guys remember, there's a very famous Gary Larson cartoon. Gary Larson was a, a, a cartoonist back in the '90s, '80s, and '90s, and he had one with these two um, parents, sort of, you know, with their hand over each other, looking at their son playing Nintendo games, and they're mm-hmm. imagining. Uh, the job the job section of the newspaper and it's all adverts asking for people who are really good at Nintendo, right? And the joke is, like, that they're dreaming about their son playing games for a living. People use this cartoon a lot. You can find it really easily uh, online. Yeah, just Gary Larson and then video games? Yeah, to have a look for it. Um, and it's like, the kid is... Oh, I found it. There uh... you go. So it's a famous example of how opinions change. And this was just seen as, oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, Gary Larson is spot on with this one. Whereas now, 20 years later, it looks hopelessly out of touch. I mean, you you know, in the call with a man who made millions of dollars playing a video game very well and being a household name in, in, in gaming because of it, one of the most famous stories, I know, I, I'm not going to keep going on about it, one of the most famous stories in gaming, but if you went back to the 1980s, when I was growing up playing games, the if you pitched this as a movie or a book, people would think it was science fiction. There's no way. And yeah. now it's, it's so commonplace.
2: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stay in the same track, but maybe change lane. I I remember when I went to school and they were, we were go, it was history class and we were reading about the Mayans or the Aztecs, and this was just part of like how how many games we've played as human beings and how many sports and how many different ways of yeah fucking throwing or kicking a ball around we thought of. I I remember in class we were talking about how the Mayans used to have this weird sacrificial bloody game where the winner top score or something, or one winner from, uh, somebody from the winning team, he had the honor of his head had to get cut off for the next game and it would be the ball or something like this, that would be the ball that they're kicking <laughs> oh around, you know? So, so now we're here again, like, like with video games and with a bunch of different things, obviously a much nicer way and we get to replay it. And it's even like, we get to do more extreme things than like we get to visualize more extreme things than like, let's say rugby players or football players, or almost as extreme. But without any of the injury, and we can go again, and we can go again, and, and we can have battlefields, we can have war games, we can have all these things. We have the human mind playing against each other. Um, yeah, and I can see how this this satire, like an older generation looking at the new thing and being like, "No way, this is too stupid." Yeah, or like this is too stupid. This is never going to become anything like a sport or anything right. like that, you know. But yeah, I mean, they,
1: they thought that gaming had, had had a peak and then died. So, at -hmm. the the end of... there was sort of an era where the home computer that they were releasing um, were were just not very good. And it was sort of dying out, and arcades were kind of dying out, like Pac-Man and all this. There's this huge boom in the 80s in gaming. Before the NES really caught on, Nintendo, in a way, changed everybody's minds. Because when they released the NES, all of a sudden you could have arcade-style gaming on your TV. And prior to that, a lot of the computers were getting kind of worse. There was a big battle. All these companies fighting it out over which games machine was going to be the biggest and all the rest of it. And there were, there were a lot of articles at the time saying that gaming has had its peak. It's gone now. It was a fad. That's what people thought of it. And a lot of companies lost a lot of money. If anybody remembers, if you want to look it up, it's a really interesting story. You know the movie E.T. The Extraterrestrial?
2: Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yes, of course.
1: Okay. So uh, Nintendo released uh, a cartridge, a game called E.T. The Extraterrestrial and it was a catastrophic failure. The game (laughs) was awful. It was a big tie-in for the movie and it crashed so badly that they ended up with so many unsold cartridges. They buried them in the desert in like New Mexico or somewhere like that. And the guy, there's (laughs) a video where a guy went to find them like an archeologist and dug up some of the cartridges. (laughs) It it was like landfill. And everybody was like, this is the nail in the coffin for gaming. Nobody's going to touch it ever again. Movie times, none of it. It's never going to be a thing. The history of gaming is really interesting because I'm not (laughs) saying I had a part in it, but I was certainly there viewing it as a gamer and just hoping it stayed a thing. And then it had like resurgences and renaissances. And then the internet came along and changed it all again. And now I feel like games now are so amazingly complicated. And so they're like movies. They're, They're bigger than movies a lot of the time. And you look at something like cyberpunk which was like, everybody was waiting on this game to come out. It cost hundreds of millions to make. And then it's like, it doesn't really, you know, it kind of flops or whatever. Um, It's it's a big story and everybody's like, this is crazy. But no one's saying this is the death of gaming. Back in the past, this is what they were saying. They were convinced gaming was going to die. We just see this game as a disaster and it's a whole industry now. Industry persists. There may be titles that fail and succeed, but the industry is here to stay. Whereas in the past, it was seen as this fragile thing that could just fall over and that's it, no more video games. So it's fascinating to see it continue to grow and exceed expectations. And at my age, I still meet people who have no idea what esports is and games, well, you play games like for money. I'm like, yeah. And when I say I work in esports, like, oh, are you you good? I was like, no, I'm terrible. (laughs) Like, how how do you make money if you're bad at the game? I was like, well, it's kind of my thing being bad at games. And uh, people tune in and they watch you play the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're really good at them? No, no, because I'm really bad at them. (laughs) Like, People can't get their heads around it. So it's an interesting industry to be a part of because um, a lot of those old opinions stick around.
0: And how do you see esports? How has esports changed in the last 10 years from your perspective?
1: It depends which game you're talking about and which company you're talking about. You can
0: macro it or micro it as much Um, as you want.
1: I think when it started out, and Johan will definitely feel this more than I did, it felt much more like um, a a desperate struggle to, to get it going. And I felt like everybody was invested in this idea that we want esports to succeed. And the passion from the fans and from the players and the devs was insane. And they were so excited that this thing was blowing up and they really wanted, everybody wanted to ride on it. And it was just, it was so, so hype. And you really were desperate for it to succeed. And everybody wanted Dota to, to succeed. This is the only game I can really talk about. I don't play any other esports. Uh, I play CSGO sometimes, but you know, um, the, the, the passion and that sort of almost fan driven, that community drive behind Dota um, and all these other games, have all become so big that I think we've lost control um, at the sort of my kind of level, if you like. It's all much too big business now. So I think it's gone from being this upstart thing that was super exciting to be a part of, and it felt like it was growing, and it was all communities and fans and all the rest of it, to now being much more of a um, top-down controlling thing that I feel like we have less of a hold on. That's how I feel. I feel like it's gotten away from us a little bit.
0: So so an interesting question will be, what would happen if we decide to frame the Dota ecosystem like the CSGO ecosystem? Would Dota be better? Would Dota be worse? And in my opinion, it just depends on the money that is in TI. If we have a long battle pass that gives us $40 million last year or $30, 30 million plus, at the end of the day, even though it's extremely unhealthy that is focused on one event, there is so much money that floats into the whole ecosystem of esports that is still is beneficial because there's so just so if, much so money. But,
1: but if you got rid of TI?
0: But if we got rid of TI completely right now, there is other tournament organizers that will pop up and decide to organize events throughout the year, like CSGO. Yeah. I'm sure we play ESL, will create an alternative ecosystem. The tricky part is when you have both, but TI is very small. That's when it's tricky. So let's say, I know it's not the same, no. but like I'm going to make a question for you, Johan, to try to get you involved. Mm-hmm. At what point TI is too small for you to play the whole year just for TI? If TI is $10 million, would you be playing qualifiers over qualifiers of qualifiers to get to TI? Mm,
2: no, it would be much less enticing. I mean... Ten million is a good number. If I hadn't, if I hadn't won, you know, like that would still be a fucking flabbergasting, like life-changing money, you know. So, for me, no. But that's a but ten million total I, prize pool. Correct. Yeah.
1: So it would be what would that be? A million each five for the winner. Yeah. So a million winner. each. So like, what was that?
2: It's still a million dollars. It's still worth you know working your ass off your whole year if if you're if you want to get there. And and again, I would choose this over other things if truly I wanted the money over over other stuff, you know, to have financial security. Like, yeah, it's still life-changing money. Of course it would be worth playing for a year, but I would say if the prize pool as just as a player, you know, like, and it's, yeah, yeah, it was, it was when TI3 started, TI3 and TI4, it was, it was the same vibe for me, honestly. Like I, I didn't feel much different. So you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, yeah. So let's do the yeah. mathematics
0: differently. If it goes $10 million, <laughs> yes, the winners will get a million each, but the top six will be getting 80K.
2: Or sixty k. Right, right, so right. Then you right. Can't yeah, play the you don't whole. think about that, because you're, you're winning. You, Correct, you, bro, It doesn't matter. You're working one year, not because you're getting top six. You're working one year because you're gonna fucking win. But if you exactly. do only
0: ten millions and you create another alternative like CS:GO events, in CS:GO events you have a lot of tournaments that give you yes a lot of money throughout the year. Blast! I and think I, could, I think
2: yeah. Terms of entertainment, terms of everything, like that, will be basically be like having majors throughout the year. Mm-hmm. You can maybe have one that's then slightly bigger and means championship, international, whatever. I don't know then I think you could get a lot more out of your money, also as an entertainment value, you know? Both for the viewer, as a player, uh, everything, everybody. The majors were done really well, I would say, like most of them, Shanghai major excluded, but um, (laughs) that was amazing, yeah. Uh, I wish we would have the same hype and the same quality and the same things around, you know? Um,
1: I mean, I think, you know, the Kiev major uh, came out the other day, the true side of that, which I hadn't watched in a couple of years. Uh, That was... Yeah,
2: with the Slacks text or whoever yeah. made them. It really reads like Slacks. Right. I don't know So I, don't know I
1: thought them, so but... too. 100% it was Slacks. And I'll tell you why. Because I looked at the Reddit thread about it, and he was in there uh-huh. defending the comments. And I thought, it ah, must have been his be <laughs> like, So I messaged him. I was like, I'm pretty sure you did those comments. He's like, yeah. But he did it. He said yeah. he got one wrong. So uh, it was the, said you'd come from oh, the lower yeah. bracket. But he just looked at the bracket, and it was just, there was an upper and a lower, but there was no lower bracket. It was just the way it was, it looked. Like Mm -hmm. the tree leading in, he thought it was low break. That was the one mistake he made. But other than that, I thought the comments were really funny. I know uh, you probably have a different
2: perspective. Uh, 92% of the time, Antimid chooses to farm over during the fight. He's
1: a funny guy. Yeah, I love Jake.
0: Period. what are you the most excited about for the next month and a half of your life that you can talk about?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Nothing really. Nothing my life is very, okay. very boring. No, I just, uh, I just relax. Um, I, I, I take it easy. I stream most days. I hang out with my guys that I play Dota with and other games with and spend time with my family and stuff like that. So I, I try to make my life as peaceful as possible outside of shouting at people when I'm watching Dota. Um, cause I, I, Dota changes you, man. It makes you, when I'm playing Dota, I'm a different person. And I was trying to wonder why. And I think it's because, and I hope Johan knows what I'm saying here, when you're playing, obviously I'm not playing at the same level, but when you're playing, your entire brain is used on this incredibly complicated game. Lots of clicking, lots of thinking, you have to pay attention to everything, your eyes are darting to the minimap, you're checking your items, you're clicking on their items, all of it. And you almost lose your humanity, and the way you normally talk to people goes out the window. And I think it's true for any game that you are super into, the reason people are toxic online is because their polite part of their brain has been shut down to make room for all the thinking that it takes to play the game. So when someone makes some them say, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Fucking idiot. Ah! But you would never do that in real life. You'd be like, dude, oh, why'd you do that? But it's, I, well, I change when I play Dora. I become very angry, which is probably not healthy. But at the same time, it feels kind of cathartic.
2: No, I re- I resonate with that. I think it was said well put. I would maybe say it's still human, but like different part of humanity. Like it's very logical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like things have to be this way, that way. This has to be like this, so this can happen. Oh shit, this didn't happen. Now it's not like this. It's his fault. Fuck. Or like <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're really trying to stack a uh, a house of cards together, but it's sometimes you know it's it's hard to. Yeah, yeah, to work with four hands and stuff. It's it's an amazing game. I mean, it's an amazing... Um, it's not just Dota, but, but Dota
1: has that amazing element of this. You get so into it. You get so absorbed. I mean, especially playing at your level, you've got so much more to process because you guys have timings that you have to hit and expectations of where yeah. you're going to be and all the rest of it and the plan and having to gauge what they're going to do. And the people you're playing against are also unbelievably good at the game. If you make a mistake, that could be the end of it. It's and you're playing for millions of dollars, so you should get angry. I have no excuse. I'm just playing unranked pubs.
2: Well, the whole thing is, you cannot get angry if you really want to win. So you have to fight that too, and you have to learn how to ride the car without road rage. Like I, I, I view it a lot like everything else, like a lot like riding a car. Like once you get, once you start, it's, it's a lot. You know, you have to look at all the road signs while managing your gears, uh, while managing the clutch, like while managing this and that. Like at first, it it can be overwhelming, right? You you barely have time to even do this or that. Like, but then you do it for for a few weeks, you do it for a year, you do it for two years. Now you're having conversations, you're doing whatever you need to do while everything just flows automatically. And if you're driving competitively, like you even have headspace to think about the future, right? And the better you get, the more into future scenarios you get. The same as chess, right? Now you go from four steps ahead to five to six. Each step will keep getting harder, but yeah. And then all of a sudden, Dota also has this, something happened in front of you. That was that made everything that you just thought about like you have to throw it away. Some it's a completely different game, and you have to then restart, and you have to do this every game a hundred or a thousand times, you know, more. And for us, I think it's not so much about the clicking the buttons and 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 things like this. There's of course a huge level of it, but I think most of the time is just spent like thinking about the futures, right? Because you know? so the rest it, just flows. The rest
1: of it is like second nature at this point. It's just
2: yeah, it's just like driving the car. You don't really. There's a lot of it you don't think about, you know, and then there's things you do think about. Yeah, you could stand in an awesome, the best place on the map, and it wasn't easy to find, but quite often you find your way there anyway. And then you're thinking a lot about, you know, five seconds, ten seconds, like, and then things heat up, and things get intense, and it's a team fight, and now it's about, you know, a lot of reflexes for a moment and stuff. And and yeah, yeah, but Dota is such an incredible game because it does all those things all in all in the span of like thirty seconds. You know, your, right. your mind goes everywhere. Yeah, crazy.
0: I don't know why I get angry playing Dota. Good crazy. I think that the part that I get angry playing Dota is that there is there should be like a rank system, not for a skill, but for try harding. Okay, today <laughs> I feel like try harding on a 10. No, today I want to play uh... a chill game and just do a three. Because the problem is when I am trying to play on a 10, okay, so I know I'm I'm am I'm a player, okay. But there are some heroes that require a little bit more concentration or APM in my my little thing, you know? When I'm playing those heroes. I am in a level of intensity. And then I see other people just, hey dude, I'm just so high today. It's like, fuck, <laughs> fuck,
1: you know? Fuck, I'm trying to win. And well, then- Well, I, I would say if you just mm-hmm. want to chill, just play turbo, man. Like that, nobody takes turbo No, but seriously. it's like, in a
0: way we can't, I can't just punish everybody for just playing to another way that makes them happy, you know? And right. there's some days that I'm like, there's some days that I, yeah, some days I don't, I should not be playing. There's some right. days that, because, I don't think you should go to Dota when you're having a miserable day to try to get better. No, you have to be in a good space in in your mind to just play Dota because it's very challenging. And there is some days, what I do play is I play GMTD. When I'm having a shitty day, I just play GMTD or I play mini games or I just watch a movie on Netflix. But right, I don't right. join ranked games. But I did in the past.
1: No. Yeah. No. That. That. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. You <laughs> should definitely <laughs>
2: try out the game that they made. Sounds Fanon. And yes, uh, I have to. I have to. I, I have played
1: me. it. I played it. How is Horse. it? Yeah, so pro- Project it? Horse. Yeah. I played it at um, N- Stockholm no, Major. No no. no.
2: no. 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 The new one. We we just played the release yesterday. The ability it's, uh, draft. Called ability draft. Yeah. 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 yeah so well, that, not sorry, ability draft.
1: that That was the uh, code name that okay. we had for it. So,
2: oh. Okay. Okay. So they were. Yeah. They've been developing it for a while. So you probably played it. I played I the quite version. an yeah, earlier yeah. version, yeah. Whatever stop John? him major with. It's a lot of fun. It was right? so much fun. It's Dude, fun. I, I want a lot of fun. I it fun. It's right now? today. It, it was. It got released yesterday. They said. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Are you playing on? It's kind of like. It's kind of like. Um, what's the, It was Alty like. What was I the mean, original? it's like auto chess. Yeah, like auto whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you sort of designing your hero, almost sort of thing. So there's a lot more to it. I think than than uh, than there was in Auto Chess. Well, you just different gist, but
2: it has that new Auto Chess feel. It's very smooth. What they did, it was very visually pleasing. Yeah, I definitely recommend. Can you
1: believe Jenkins was involved in the design of that game, Jenkins? And <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> and it's he's good. A crazy man, but he's, great, right?
2: he's a great guy. I man. love
1: awesome. I love him. He's hilarious.
0: Johan, are you gonna yeah. play on the stream or or just ask No, No, him? no. I'll,
2: I have friends over now. He, he just came in yesterday, so we're gonna. We're going to do some uh, non-social media stuff, Perfect. non-electronic okay, so stuff. L- let's nice. wrap it up
0: here. Uh, Perion, I really look forward to meeting you in person if the opportunity raises. Absolutely. And I would love to hear more of your stories. Uh, it's actually been uh, super interesting. I didn't know maybe this depth part of you, the deep part of you. But you dude, thought I was just be... a
1: bold guy that played Dota and there's so it's much a Funny guy. It's a Funny guy, you know, be funny. <laughs> you know?
0: No, obviously I knew that you could do more things. But no, dude, Like, we have to bring you back with some of the other guests because I think that today I was in a weird to. mood. And I think that other days I can just maybe enable the conversation for you guys to take it over. But no, it was, it was really I, great.
1: You did great, dude. You know, when it's just three of us, sometimes you, you got to unload a little bit. In a bigger group it tends to even out a little more, but mm-hmm. I think you did great. It was great to meet you. And like same, I'd like to meet you in person as well. And I would uh, love to, do Hope to see you guys in Singapore.
2: And you, and you. Yeah. Well, wow. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Ti in Southeast Asia again. Yeah, wow. I I've, been I've never been.
1: Fingers crossed they go. So uh, yeah, I hope. I hope So yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much, everybody. I'm going to wrap it up. See you guys next week.